0: Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast. The combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight announcements, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter, and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow. Facebook at Facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez.
1: Welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 266 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today we're going to talk about UFC 294 and a whole lot of headlines that have happened since we last spoke to you. But a gentle reminder that today is free episode day, so no bonus content. The whole thing is free it's on the house zero dollars zero cents it's all for you so victor first things first how the heck are you
2: listen i just want to let our listeners know we're trying to do something nice for you but just don't tell anybody we're being nice all right let them know that yeah this one is full length and free but just just you know don't, don't, i don't don't i don't want them to feel too special you know what I mean people come in here they start feeling a little too comfortable but yeah otherwise uh, I mean you know things are kind of looking up for me right now I got a few things uh got my finger in a few uh different pies and um I I'm I'm trying to uh, make a couple of things happen so yeah we'll we'll see how that works out but other than that we've got a pretty impactful pay-per-view up ahead uh, really intrigued by that and a we had a surprising um, fight night event this past weekend. And yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to all this.
1: It's somewhat impactful. If you actually dig into the fights on it, there's a lot of nothing fights that are bolstered by a decent main card. But the undercard is not that great. There are some fights on it, but not of any great significance in my personal opinion. I love that we're, the, the four fights that we're going to pick uh, a little later in the show, I, I like all four of these, for mm-hmm. sure. and And there's... There's uh there's one or two others in there that m- might catch my interest, but for the most part I I'm I'm liking the the four that we're gonna pick. Uh, you mentioned uh this this past weekend's card. Holy God, that main event was bonkers. I loved it. Um, it could be considered a fight of the year, and. 11 people got to see it if we are to go by Ben the Bane Davis's funny tweet, because Mm. that's the unfortunate truth when you put on cards like this in the apex, because if we go back in our minds, back in our memory palaces, we will recall that there were three ranked fights on this card and seven ranked fighters. So that's the kind of card that you kind of take on the road. You've got a guy in there that is tied for the most fight of the night performance bonuses. I, I would think that you'd want him to be on the road, making you a big fat gate. I wouldn't want to keep him in the apex where that he's languishing with like 10 people watching.
2: You'd think you would think. Right. But, hey, some people have better business sense than we do, apparently. So, you know, hey, it's it's this is um this is, I guess, what what they <laughs> the Abu Dhabi thing this weekend. Those guys are getting paid to go over there and put on a show. But if they don't have to, man, we just might as well keep it here at the old Picks.
1: Yeah. And boy. What a recovery by Edson Barbosa. And Sadiq Yusuf had to learn, unfortunately, the hard way of what veteran savvy really means.
2: Yeah. And you know what kills me is that this fight, if that fight had been a, just a three-round bout, Edson would have absolutely lost that. hmm Yep. However, <laughs> oh, however, man, he knew. He knew that that was a five-rounder. He knew not to... uh not to lose his composure and just attack the body. He kept everything consistent. And once he started taking off, man, once he landed that spinning kick, what was it, round three? Holy shit. That's when we knew that we were in for a, a fairly long night, uh, longer than we would have anticipated after seeing what had happened in the first round. So um Edson once again showing there's, there's you have the older guy who's trying to show that he's not done. And then you have the older guy who's like, oh no, I am nowhere near finished and you are going to see a lot more of this vintage version of me. Plus some showing some wrinkles in there that, you know, you might've seen before, but to a better degree, you know, just to what to a, just sharpening some of those edges and, and still um, being just, just a menace.
1: Yeah. But he's, he's still lost a little bit on his step. I mean, he's, oh yeah, he's a menace to these guys that are, in the lower end of the rankings so i i love what i'm seeing from edson but he needs to be matched carefully still you cannot stick him up there in the top five in the top five with those guys i doubt we'll see him make any sort of title run again um, but where he's at and what he's doing is perfect. He is the um, entry level gatekeeper right now. Now, if they extend those rankings to cover top 20 or top 25, then we've got Edson sitting in the middle of the pack, keeping those barking dogs that are just getting in from the riffraff. You know, keeping that riffraff out. Excuse me, from the the top 10 and the top. You know 15 keeping them out so i like that role for him i just hope that they don't sort of want to extract the last bit of blood from that stone and pair him up against much higher ranked guys where we know that he'll get smoked
2: yeah i mean that's look i'm not saying i'm not suggesting that he's going to go for like another title run but the fact that he is you you have your gatekeepers and then you have Mm -hmm. your guys that are you know, slightly more dangerous than your average gatekeeper and could easily give some fits to some of the, uh, you know, guys that would be say ranked between 15 and five, yeah. you know, and that's, that's where, if, as long as we are realistic about that, I think he's going to be all right.
1: Eugene Robinson has a little system that we would use on care, don't care. And he had three tiers of gatekeepers. You had your high-level gatekeepers that basically kept everybody outside of the top five. You have your mid-level gate, uh, gatekeepers or mid-tier gatekeepers, and they keep everybody out of the top 10. And then you have your low-tier or low-level gatekeepers, and they keep everyone out of the top 15. I think that Edson is hovering somewhere between low- and mid-tier gatekeeper. And that's a fine job for him to do because it keeps him ranked. He's still making uh, paychecks that are probably much better than anyone else's based on his tenure. So I think it's a fine and dandy job for him.
2: Yeah, he probably gets about eighteen cents for uh, the, the 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 you know the the thing they the whatever the fighter cut is for having those the peop those, those saps to have their name on the fucking octagon. You know the <laughs> you know that's going to the fighters too, right? are they getting something? Nope. Oh no way. Nope. No. Uh, no. Nope. Mm, nope. Damn. I figured they'd do something with that money. Just at least, even if it's like symbolic, like hey, we're gonna take all this money at the end of the year. We'll just take like ten dollars from this and put it on Johnny Benjamin's books. You know what I mean? Just just something but they ain't even doing that
1: oh man so anyways that was the the only other fight i really wanted to talk about is adrian yanez getting finished only for like the second or third time in ufc history basically by leg kicks he just got torn up i mean martinez was amazing in there
2: yeah, Martinez found that um, there was no answer for those leg kicks. He was just going to be able to eat there for free all night, and that's what he did. Yep. He opened up the he <laughs> he opened up the the thighs and and quarters buffet, and uh, just just went down. And uh, that that's that was a really disappointing thing to see. I mean, I thought that Yanez would at least. I guess he wasn't comfortable with switching stances. I guess he also was not comfortable with even trying to check any of these kicks um good for martinez by the way look both really talented guys a lot of upside very good dudes uh i just it was just something that when you see someone when you see a fighter that talented lacking in something that fundamental it kind of does make you feel a little bad you know aside from the questions that it raises in terms of their development Mm,
1: yeah uh other fights that we picked uh uh Pajeda and Petrosky, wow, Pajeda looks fa- fantastic in there. That was, oof, what a he knockout. Did. He so did. That, so that's a, that's a plus for me and Mookie, but a minus for Victor because he picked Petrosky
2: I now- did. And to his, to his credit, Petrosky now claiming that he had tried to cut more weight than usual and he uh, had some sort of difficulty during fight week. So, I mean, maybe, you know, I don't want to doubt him, but... Eh, it just takes away a bit from what uh, we actually did get to witness from Michelle.
1: Yeah. And then uh, we all whiffed on Jennifer Maya, uh, Ariani Araujo. She uh, she got in there and she outstruck her. <laughs> That's the long and the short of it. Um, that was a decent fight. I didn't mind it at all.
2: I didn't mind it either. This was one of those fights that was, and we said we had a few of these. We had a few uh, bouts that were surprisingly pleasant. Mm-hmm. You know, we had some, they weren't absolute bangers. This wasn't one of those, oh, see the no name cards. Those are the ones that will always get you with the, nah, we had some pretty fun stuff that we were able to, um, get out of it. So, you know, this, this was good. I, I enjoyed it.
1: I didn't get to watch a lot of the card because I was Covering play by play for the Misfits card, and we're going to mm. talk about that next. But first, let me go ahead and give you guys the standings. Mookie is running away with this thing. He is set at one hundred sixty-three and two. Nine behind him is Victor at ninety-one seventy-three and two, and then fourteen behind Mookie, and five behind Victor is me 86 77 and 2 i have lost my mojo somehow <laughs>
2: Just, hey, I just want to I just want to mention something briefly regarding this uh, last card. Uh I mentioned Melissa Dixon last week when we uh, addressed oh, the whole yeah. like oh my god, I forgot she got signed and holy shit. She looked great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I she, was worried she about whether or not.
2: Yeah. I was worried about whether or not she was ready. Yeah, yeah, she ready. And Darren Elkins, man, you you got to hand it to the old guy. You got to hand it to the old guy when he finds that second win. I love this kind of shit. Good for him.
1: Cameron Simon needs to be released.
2: yeah he um he's got work to do he is not built
1: for the ufc just yet yeah all right so that's uh gonna wrap up last week's stuff let's look at this week's ufc and we we have some good fights on this card but at the same time we also have some that you can pass up you know if this was a care don't care. Um, show, I would probably care about half of the fights. Not anywhere close to three quarters or anything like that. Maybe half. Mm. We have chosen four to, to take a look at because they're probably the four most impactful fights. I mean, I'm not going to lose any sleep if I miss uh, Sharubutin... Sharubit din magomedov and bruno silva hmm. i'm not gonna worry about missing out on jinyu Frey and victoria dudakova really i'm not no okay. i'm not
2: i mean sarah bullet good prospect he might overturn she, some heads
1: absolutely i might care after this fight okay but going into this fight it's not something that i would recommend someone else watch and that was the criteria we used are you going to recommend this to someone and these are fights that i would not recommend uh muhammad naimov and nathaniel wood would i would i recommend to a hardcore maybe but would i recommend to somebody fresh coming in to watch ufc for the first time nope that is not a fight I would. Who the hell is Anshul Jubilee? You know, I know who Mike Breeden is, and Mike Breeden is not that good. Who's Anshul Jubilee? I know he's a seven and and0 prospect. That's what I know of him. You um, never
2: heard you? You are you dare to disrespect the king of lions? <laughs> 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 no, he he did win the uh, Road to UFC thing. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, still, he's again- he's he's not he's not a known. He's not oh, a known commodity to exactly. a lot of people. And, and I understand that. Yeah.
1: And, and Road to UFC is definitely not criteria that I would use to recommend a fight either. That would right. be criteria I would use to watch a fight to measure if I'm going to care about it the next time out.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: we have, you know, Cedric Dumas. I hope he gets stomped on fighting Abu Azatar, but they're not ranked. They're not anywhere near ranked. So, I don't care about this. As, Can't as they much. both knock
2: each other out? Like, please.
1: Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Javi Bashrat. I like yes! the Bash brothers. I do. Yes. He's fighting Victor Henry. I was afraid to put this up for us because I don't like to see a Victor lose so that's why we didn't pick that one but well, it's we did not see, important we did,
2: see a, we did see a victor rodriguez enter the ufc and exit the ufc quite hastily if i didn't take it personally i think i'll be but no banger fucking fight i it love is, this fight but so it's much it's not
1: important that's the key mm, right it is but it's not important it's in not the essential round. exactly essential yeah. is the perfect word for it yeah. banger of a fight though and i'll absolutely watch it but am i going to recommend it no i'm not Who's Muhammad Yahya? Is he related to Ronnie? No, he is not. <laughs> Trevor Peak. I think Trevor Peak has work. I know everybody was high up on him. I think he has some work to do. So I we didn't pick that. It's also not super essential. Where we get to s- essential viewing, Tim Elliott versus Muhammad Mokayev, that's going to be a banger. Yes. Um, If Saeed Nurmagomedov had someone... Not named Muin Gafarov that I'd know nothing about. I would probably have cared more about this fight, but yeah, we I passed it. on it. We're also passing on Ikram Aliskirov taking on Morley Alves. Non-essential viewing, right there. Extremely non-essential. As a matter of fact, I would have moved. Tim Elliott up higher on the car, that fight, and move this one down lower because it is as non-essential as it gets. Will it be a banger? Who the fuck knows? But I'm I'm really, really, really not happy with the way that they actually did the bout order here.
2: Well, you you know, you will I know that Warley Alves probably still has a special place in your heart after the way that he almost put Covington to sleep.
1: Yes yes yeah almost if he could have done that man he he would have had hero status if with me if he made him
2: if he'd made him piss himself i would have died. i oh, yes. we'd still be laughing at that
1: mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. uh then we get to here we go you know we've the, the top 3 fights all great fights so this card if i were to have to pick cares about it like i said maybe half the card so let's go ahead and get started. Our first fight that we're picking is Tim Elliott versus Mohamed Makayev. Now, Elliott can still hang in there. He is still ranked. But Makayev is very special, in my opinion. And I'm going to take Makayev here. I think that his wrestling is just goddamn pristine.
2: I'm going to have to agree. I think Elliott's got a lot of great tricks and tips, and uh, he's got a lot of um
1: he's scrappy as fuck he's
2: got a lot of scrappy scrambly yes those are the those are the words i was looking for uh you know grab a hold of an ankle or an elbow and start working from there but i also feel like in some exchanges he can be a little too passive i also feel that Mokayev's technique is a little smoother and his ability to control is a little better Mm -hmm. now we did see Mokayev struggle a bit with um some of his, I mean, he, he toughed it out when he was in there against uh, Jafel Filio and survived that submission attempt. Um, I, I don't think that if that happens against Tim Elliott, it's going to go the same way. I don't think he's going to be able to tough it out, you know. So, Elliott's more of a choke guy, not so much of a limb guy. Uh, but we could see, we could absolutely see an upset here. Yes, I just we could. I wouldn't, I'm not banking on it though.
1: Because, well, let me, let, here, let me give you a little. Uh, Backstory here. He struggled with Filio, but his wins, Malcolm Gordon, Charles Johnson, Cody Durden is the one that's holding up best. Mm. But Blaine O'Driscoll, Dave Jones, Jamie, I mean, honestly, you know what I'm saying? There mm-hmm. is definitely room for an upset here. I'm not picking Tim. I'm going to stick with Mokayev. But for all of you out there, there is a whole lot of wiggle room for Tim Elliott to win this fight.
2: Mm-hmm. That so, man is wiggling.
1: Yes. All right. Next up, we are going to get to uh magomed Ankalaev and johnny walker i love this fight okay i don't care what anybody says this is gangbusters matchmaking i like it a whole lot i mean you got kicking kings here seriously i love it i hope they kick the shit out of each other i would like them to tie their hands behind their back and make them fight with just kicks i would love you
2: that. know what you know what? Don't you see Don't say That's it too gonna loud. be the next thing. That's gonna be the you know, we, we're seeing bare handcuff knuckle fighting. have a rise in prominence. We're seeing karate combat. We're like, what's the next weird thing we can do? Fuck it. That's probably what Fight hasn't Fight Circus does something like that. Just handcuff the dudes behind their back and you're like, all right, just kick the fuck out of each other. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Zip tie fighting, handcuff fighting, fighting, whatever. Um Why not? I think this would be an ideal match for that. Um the only other person and that would be if it was an open weight, would be Barbosa and and Johnny or have because they're three kicking kings. So, anyways, I love this fight. Mookie is taking have. You know what? I'm gonna the way that Johnny Walker has been fighting much safer lately. I'm gonna go Johnny Walker because I think he stays out of trouble. Mm. He is oh. very timid these days. Very timid. He does just enough point fighting to win.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with Uncle Live.
1: OK, All right.
2: I, I just I don't think that I, as as good as it's been to see Walker change up his style and be more reliable with his bread and butter stuff. Um, I th- I still think Ankaliyev has more of the rudimentary tools. Like he's got he's got a deeper bag of tricks, and he hits hard.
1: I fucking hate you so much because you just talked me out of my Walker pick.
2: I mean,
1: yep, you did. All right, mm-hmm. I'm gonna back it up, and I'm gonna take Ankaliyev uh, because you're right about that. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I really don't want to take Ankaliyev though. I really don't, but I'm gonna. Ugh. Why? Why? Um. (laughs) All right. Co-main event time. This one, I was just texting with my good buddy, John. And man, is Komaru deteriorated enough to allow Kamzat to get in there and get that win? Has Kemzat, Kemzat taken enough time to really refine his game in the two years or two years plus, or just under two years since he last fought. Right. Didn't he, f- when was the last time he fought almost two years ago? Right.
2: Oh boy. Um, let me just uh, check that here. Right quick. see, I, I don't know if it's a matter yeah, of no, him it's, being, it's
1: been a little over a year. Excuse me. I, I forgot oh. about the Kevin Holland fight. So it's okay. been since September of, um, 2022, uh, since he last fought. But, you know, I can't get past how big he is, how powerful. You know, he's just – I think he's going to be more than Kamaru can handle. I am going to take Jumayev.
2: Yeah, I kind of have to go with that too. And not only that, but his striking – you know, Kamaru's striking defense clearly has shown some gaps that unless – He's been able to close him in the time that he's been away unless he's been able to focus on targeting Chemayev and and finding, for example, the kind of openings that Gilbert Burns was able to find. Even if Burns was um, largely relying on his own durability to get to that, uh, it it was still worth examining. It was still worth looking at where he drops his hands, where Chemayev gets a a little uh, more complacent on the defensive end. And no, I just... I don't really see many avenues for that. I feel pretty bad, but I I just don't know that this move up is, you can move up and not have to worry about the weight cut. That's great. But you still got the same bad habits. You're still you. You're still a guy in his 30s at this point that has probably reached his final form, you know? So, Yeah. yeah.
1: And late 30s at that. You know, Kamaru is not young anymore. He is, let's see here, how old are we? We are 36. So, you know, and he's been fighting for a very long time. I mean, we're talking all the way back to uh, 2012. So we're looking at an 11-year career here. That's that's not insignificant. 23 fights. Mm. I don't know. I just... um, after watching Leon Edwards not only knock him out, but then take him apart in the in that next fight, I just I know it was a majority decision, but if it's not a knockout, I expect Usman to win because he's always won, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, but I just, I just think that he's on the other side of the hill now, go traveling down.
2: Yeah, it might be that so especially at middleweight like it's one thing for you to take the kind of hits you were taking yes, at 170 but yes. now you're taking it at middleweight
1: and and we're also not going to see chamayev struggle with a weight cut the way he did with burns man i don't want to see you full strength Chimaev in there against not 100 in his prime anymore kamaru usman that's just I'm sorry, I don't don't like the matchup at all, but here we are, and so we're going to take Chemaia of all three of us because Mookie is taking him as well. Also, all three of us are going with Magomed Ankulaev. I can't remember if I mentioned who Mookie was taking. Um, So we're going to get to the main event. The first fight was phenomenal. Islam Makachev, Alexander Volkanovsky. Phenomenal. But will they be able to catch that lightning in a bottle a second time i don't know if this fight will be as phenomenal especially with alex picking it up on two weeks notice this is not the kind of camp he was training for he he was probably in camp for Ilya tapuria yeah so here we are back again with a much bigger dude and I feel like we're going to see a repeat of the first fight, maybe not as action-packed, or maybe so. I mean, it is Volk. You know, you, you just don't get a boring fight out of this guy. Anyways, as much as I love him and I, I root for him, I hope that he can win. I feel like Islam's going to do the exact same thing. So I must take Makachev. And Muki is as well, but I know victors going the opposite way because we talked about this.
2: Now listen, I feel really, really um you know, I I'm I'm worried about Volkanovsky because he was from what I'm reading here and it's this just went up on, on the uh, BE account, he was 181 pounds when he accepted the fight. And he's gonna have to cut twenty-six pounds in eleven days. Can he do it? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. he will. Okay, will he suffer for it? Maybe. He might might struggle a bit in there and trying to recover, but he's got a great team. He's got a good head on his shoulders. And of course, he's got the mother of all feeling out processes having been in there for five fucking rounds, man. I think he takes it this time. I think he solves the riddles that Makachev presents and he's able to do. I really do think and I have that hope that he's going to pull it out this time.
1: And that is why I'm picking Makachev. So hopefully my shit luck will ensure that Alexander Volkanovsky wins. Honestly. So that's going to wrap up our UFC picks. Now it's time for some headlines. And boy, do we have some. First of all, since we last spoke to you guys, USADA and the UFC parted ways. Victor very kindly sent this little video clip to me and Mookie and it is of ariani Carnalassi. and she is pumping some serious iron and jesus christ on roller skates this girl is enormous enormous
2: now, bro she he, got she got lorenzo Fertina arms
1: honestly she it, her arms are probably the size of my calves jeez mm-hmm. that's insane now The UFC is bringing in George Pirro to run the new drug program. And what's funny about George Pirro, Mr. Victor Rodriguez? Tell me what's funny about him.
2: (laughs) Where do we fucking start? For starters, he trains an American top team, yes, which raises does. some questions about conflict of interest and impartiality, which, of course, we know, given the form in which this sport um, is layered and and the the uh, affiliations of everything, it's, it's kind of impossible to escape. But this man was part of the interrogation team for a once captured Saddam Hussein, among many things, a former federal agent who is now going to be overseeing a drug testing program Mm -hmm. for athletes. Mm -hmm. I was everyone else busy. Is this, you have to wonder what draws the UFC to this guy and what is, what draws this guy to the UFC, right? What is their interest in him and what kind of guy takes this job with that kind of background? I really have no idea what's going on.
1: If you go to his Twitter, it is literally a running advertisement for all things ATT. Literally. Mm. Now, I don't know how much of it he has cleaned up, if any, but when I looked last week, because someone drew my attention to it, holy God, it was was like an ode to ATT. Mm. So... That's what we get to look forward to. Basically, the UFC will be running their own dro- drug program with no oversight. That's, that's the long and the short of it. Anyways, there is other news, though. We have promised you that we would talk about misfits. If you've noticed, we have been covering misfits because, quite honestly, influencer boxing does Iron Man traffic. I mean, we it outperformed UFC traffic by a ratio of about 10 to 1.
2: Jesus fucking Christ. Yes. Sir. I was thinking you were going to say 3 to 1. No. 10 to fucking 1. Yes. Wow.
1: Our running post that posts all of the clips and brief commentary and the the results that post and our prelims post did in the hundreds of thousands hundreds of thousands you want to know what our ufc post did oh boy in the thousands Mm. yes so i just want to put that out there that we definitely cover because You know, we got to make our bread, too. Otherwise, we're all out of jobs. So we've been parsing out coverage of of Prime. Now, I want to read to you a little something. Estimated numbers. Now, there's a catch to this, and I'm going to talk to y'all about that, too. If you just give me a moment, I need to get to Damon Martin's Twitter because I want to read something. Anyways, it is estimated that the Prime, the Misfits Prime card, did about... 1.3 1.3 million pay-per-view buys. Here's the thing though, pay-per-view sales like these usually take days or even weeks to get calculated. This is coming directly from Damon Martin. Especially if there are multiple providers like The Zone, ESPN+, Plus, and traditional outlets that provide pay-per-view like Fight or other Anyways, in other words, this number could
2: eventually
1: be correct, but there is absolutely no way to accurately confirm that at this moment. And that's something that we need to keep in mind because they let this number out less than 48 hours after the event ended. ESPN rarely ever reveals their pay-per-view numbers, so we would never know that so you must take this 1.3 million number pay-per-view buy rate number with a grain of salt but still it it bears mentioning because based on our traffic based on that arena i wouldn't doubt it i wouldn't doubt that it hit a million buys i mean the build up to this thing was massive it really was our traffic was massive it really was
2: Listen, I mentioned this before. I'm going to say it again. This is not the celebrity boxing of the 1990s. No, you don't have the same kind of parasocial relationship with Tanya fucking Harding that you do with a guy that you see on stream almost every day who answers replies as they come in, who's constantly doing stunts, who's always in your face often at any time of the day. Yes, And that's what's going to happen when you have people like KSI, like Jake and Logan Paul, like so- uh, Salt Poppy or any of these guys. You
1: want to know this who is the a- most famous one of them all is? Mm-hmm. Wenderson Nunes, the Brazilian guy. He yeah. is the second most popular influencer in the world. He has 60 million Instagram followers. He has... 50 million YouTube subscribers. He has 44 million TikTok followers. He is the second, he's second only to PewDiePie or PewDiePie, Pewdie, whatever.
2: PewDiePie? I yeah. hate that fucking
1: guy. But 66 million. That's crazy. Yeah, all That's of crazy. these guys have just insane follower numbers. So the, all of their followers, Victor, oh my God. The one thing I noticed when they would pan to the audience was how many children, little boys, were in that audience. The second thing I noticed was how many little boys and children were in that audience that were unattended by adults. Just oh in my the audience, God. In huge groups, no. So adult. they
2: thought they were just dropping them off to see the Jonas Brothers. Like, what the fuck? Who alien. does this?
1: They did this in Manchester, so you know. I I feel like. Kids advance a little faster over there, but honestly,
2: yeah, there was
1: tons of kids. No, I mean, as far as parental guidance, like they turn them loose, you know what I mean. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm spitballing here as to why there were so many unattended kids in the audience, because there was a lot of kids in the audience. Yeah. But these are the ones that are paying for the tickets to the live events, that are buying the pay-per-views when they can't get to the live events. They are invested in these wild-ass influencers. Now, there were a couple of fights on this card that were actually good. That fight with um, Dean the Great... And uh, Waleed, Sharks, that was a gangbusters fight. Very, very good fight. Logan Paul actually looks like he knows what he's doing in there. It's too goddamn bad that Dylan Dennis was in there just to be a punching bag and basically to embarrass himself. Because I feel like you don't recover from that.
2: I, you know... I I don't I don't know where to begin and end with this this Dylan Dennis bullshit for real mm-hmm. like this is just it doesn't it's not even a thing where it hurts to watch it's not that. It's just you have what's known in professional wrestling as X Pac heat. Okay. Heat is when the audience doesn't like you because you're a villain right. and you're doing your role, you're playing the role of a villain effectively enough.
1: But the audience X- just hated X Pac because they hated him.
2: They hated him yes. because they hated him and they wanted him. They just just did not want to see fit, him.
1: and they wanted This is him what's gone. happening here. Yep.
2: And he's out here, he goes on Piers Morgan and he's doing all this stuff and he's sitting there like, oh well, you know, the guy punched me on the ground. Well, yeah, bro, because you went for a fucking gay teen and you tried to kick him on the upswing. And like what there's there's a degree of shame mm-hmm. that people do not seem to have a capacity for anymore. And he is one of those people that has the least. I don't understand how you have any pride in yourself as a man and conduct yourself the way that this do not because of the actions of this one singular fight, just in general, what the fuck are you doing? I don't, I, I just, Oh God, it's just gross, man. Come on.
1: And he seems to fail upwards because an adult entertainment site, uh, it's called my club. They reached out to Dylan Danis And this is what they said. Dear Dylan Danis, you were humiliated by Logan Paul on Saturday in the ring. He thoroughly outboxed you and you had to resort to pulling a guillotine choke. Now that your fighting career is officially over, I'm sure you're looking for new career ventures. I'd like to formally extend you an offer to serve as the head BJJ trainer for my club, a leading platform for adult content creators. In your role... You will give BJJ tutorials to post to your My Club profile via photo and video and provide fans with video call sessions teaching them Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu basics. People can visit your profile to educate themselves on techniques like pulling guard, clothes guard, scissor guard, full mount, and more in return for serving as my club's head bjj trainer for one full year we will compensate you up to $100,000 holy shit i mean the guy puts on the most embarrassing performance ever by anyone in 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 a boxing ring and this waits for him on the outside
2: who who was who was running this outfit
1: mike ford vice president mike of ford, my huh? dot club
2: Mike Ford, I want to know how he got the money to get this company started, because it wasn't because of his smarts. No. The point of going to a porn site is to watch BJ's, not BJJ's. Okay. you do not. Who is going to go to an adult site to learn how to grapple? There are already sites for grappling and fucking going together. There's no reason to do them separate. There's no reason to hire this guy. Oh boy, I, I, I really want to see this guy teach me how to do this on this porn site that I, you know, I've, I've never heard of this one and I'm a certified pervert. So, you know, good for them on their marketing attempt. I mean, if this is their way of, of making a substantial offer, looking fairly big in the process and getting their name out there, good for them. I think that's fine. Will he bite? Probably. He'll jump on any grenade possible. He'll pick up any quarter, any dime, any penny that you toss in front of him. He'll even catch it with his mouth. All right. He'll wiggle his tail, wiggle his toes, and even show you his little feeties for a little bit of money. So I, I don't I just don't get where this confluence of interests is supposed to make any kind of marketing sense. But hey maybe it'll happen. I just don't necessarily think that, uh, I, I I don't think it's going to work really, but yeah, fuck it. Let them get it.
1: Now we were talking about USADA earlier and I I have to backtrack for a second because I couldn't help but notice that Gordon Ryan is celebrating that, that UFC and USADA have split and Mm. that people choosing PEDs are thirsting for greatness. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh my goodness, they're chasing greatness, thirsting for greatness, whatever the exact quote was. The point is, is he thinks that if you go out and find PEDs, it's because you want to be great. I am thinking that people that want to be great want to do it without the benefit of something um, external, without the benefit of uh, a cheat method. This is basically your game cheat. And th- what's the point? You're how great are you if you got to cheat to do it?
2: You know? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I guess I kind of I partially disagree because I remember when I was watching Bigger, Stronger, Faster. And one of the power mm. lifters made yes. a, an extraordinary point. Yeah. He said, point. look, Barry Bonds, you can say whatever you want about him. A steroid use, right? He's still got to hit the ball. Like the people that are on steroids, they're still, well, you know, they're still working hard. They still have to do the thing. So unless you're talking about bodybuilding, which pretty much requires that sort of thing for you to advance, um, yeah, it is optional in combat sports. It is it is not an obligation for you to be on any kind of performance enhancing substance. Uh, there are plenty of things to complain about regarding USADA and the way that they've handled and mishandled many things. Gordon Ryan is not the proper ambassador for that message, (laughs) nor is this the proper justification and reason for you. This is, you know, good idea, terrible way to get there. And by the way, you're in the wrong car. That's what's happening right here. The the vehicle is Gordon Ryan. His message is probably not what should be, because in the end, I, I do think that, both the way that you has fumbled a lot of this stuff and just the state of the world in general. I don't think people are quite as adamant or quite as hostile towards uh, performance enhancement drugs in combat sports as they were maybe a decade ago.
1: For sure. And they've, they've changed a lot too. I mean, here's the thing that, that will be beautiful about you. You leaving is that a lot of the things that are prohibited that help heal injuries mm-hmm hopefully those things get, get a little bit of a pass.
2: Yes. Yes. Especially, like, for example, what happened with Krokop, right? Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you a question. Krokop, he, uh, he had to suffer his uh, penance, I guess you could say, for the, the USADA violation. What test did he fail? Huh? He didn't even fail a yeah. test. He told them, hey, I needed this for my shoulder, and they immediately suspended him. Now, he left the UFC shortly thereafter, and he didn't have to serve out the entirety of it. And unfortunately, he suffered a stroke. So he didn't, you know, his his career was cut short there. But the point is, you took time away from this guy Mm -hmm. for something that he needed that was medically necessary. And this is really where we're going with this. Like, you know, come on, man, look at the Kung Lee situation. Do you want a better example how badly they fuck things up? You can't find one. That was the absolute worst. You send it to the lab; they don't know how they're handling the specimens. They don't know what they're. They, come on, this is this is absurd, and especially for the money that they were paying these people. So maybe in the end, also the UFC ends up saving themselves a penny or two. I don't, you know, I'm I'm curious to see how that shakes out. But, uh, yeah, I I don't think that this is really gonna be the most helpful thing either.
1: <laughs> All right, so last little thing that I couldn't help but. Put in our, our itinerary for today is Tim Elliott. Because,
2: man, <laughs> you know, listen, if
1: we remember, Tim Elliott's wife was cheating on him, supposedly, this is from him, uh, although lots of people seem to have confirmed it. But Tim Elliott's wife was cheating on him with Kevin Croom. And I guess Tim Elliott and his wife split up, but apparently she cheated on him on their wedding night. Jesus so, Christ. I mean, that's that's pretty foul. Anyways, they've split. Kevin Croom is fighting in Bare Knuckle FC, and he's going to be facing a guy named Tony Soto. So what did Tim Elliott do? He is officially sponsoring Tony Soto. Because Tony Soto, he is hoping, will beat up Kevin Croom, who stole his, his ex-wife. And I, I just think that's the funniest story. It's so very MMA. It's like the most MMA story ever.
2: Oi, what are we gonna do now, boss? The only thing you can do, Sylvester, you send in the professional. That's a beautiful thing. Listen, listen, I, I, I am a wait.
1: Natural... Go back. Can you no. do that one more time?
2: No, no, no. I'm not. Not for free. Not on this show. Mm-mm. We ain't doing that shit. No, ma'am. No, well, ma'am. No, thank you. Just for
1: me. I've had a rough day. You already listen,
2: know. Let me tell you something. This is, haterism.
1: Expired elite. water, Victor think of my trials and tribulations this week i earned a second go
2: let me tell you something let me just let me just get through this point I really have to respect the degree of haterism here on display. It is so strong. It is so powerful. It is magnificent and brilliant and radiates in a degree that the light will permeate any lit corner of darkness on this earth. That motherfucker said, hey, you know what? I got it. Let me put a little money in this man's bucket right here to beat this dude's ass. I, you know what? I got to respect it. And then I realized I should trademark this, trademark, trademark, don't touch this idea, hater FC. People with petty grievances get to fight each other, you know what I mean? And then you can have someone fight on your behalf and do exactly this. You get to sponsor them or put a little money on that, hey, I'm just, I'm opening the doors for possibilities in a world that needs more options. So you know, maybe we can have that sort of thing happen and I know just the kind of guy to run it. It's gonna be a guy who sounds a little bit like this. (laughs) What is that from, man? That's so funny. I don't know. I'm just fucking flowing. I ain't got no plan. I just ran in with that shit. You think I'm? You think I planned this shit ahead of time? I don't know.
1: Oh, I just man, that was. Let good
2: me stuff. breathe, woman. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: anyways, yeah, and I love our title for it: UFC fighter paying boxer to KO alleged wife-stealing rival.
2: <laughs> hey, man. Listen, <laughs> I. You know, this also reminds me of, um, that one guy who, um, I, I this, so, so, there was that MMA fighter out, I think it was in California. I think it was Benji something. Uh, he, he had his girlfriend cheat on him with some other dude. So he wanted to fight the dude. The dude was not a pro fighter, but he trained and he fought Benji and the one pro fight, he knocked the guy out. It was just like, oh man, you know what? You, you gotta, you gotta move to Venezuela after this shit. You gotta pack up your shit and leave. You can't be around no more. This, that's it. You, you're, you're done.
1: Yep, I, I forgot. I do have one more topic. It's it's actually a very important topic. I got so ahead of myself, I forgot about it. But
2: oh, good because I have more terrible stereotypes.
1: Oh, this one, this one's actually sad news. Showtime is calling it quits. Just like we told y'all about a few weeks back, we told you the rumor that Showtime was about to get out of boxing. They're getting out of sports. Period. Showtime Sports is kaput by the end of the year. And all 38 official employees, and that does include Steven Espinosa, matchmakers, uh, corporate heads, people like that, all 38 of them will be out of a job. Now, there is a little bit of light for friends of ours. Uh, Dan Raphael says, I am told that all 38 employees of Show Sports will lose their jobs as a result of the department being shuttered. That does not include contractors and freelance folks who work in production, on the crew, announcers, etc. So that means that Luke Thomas and Shaquille Majuri will stay on at CBS and hopefully that means that Esther Lynn will keep her job as well since she is a freelance contractor. But If you happen to be a promoter or anything and you want to hire the best goddamn photographer out there, go see Esther Lynn.
2: Yes, indeed.
1: All right. So that will officially wrap the show. Next week, we'll probably have a million comments from Dana White about how those scumbags over at Showtime Boxing deserve to be shuttered and all of that good shit. But honestly, it's a bad day for boxing because we lost hbo a few years back now we've lost showtime that basically leaves us with the zone
2: oh god that's that's a fate worse than death right there I, i don't want that
1: anywho we are gonna wrap up the show we hope you guys have enjoyed it do me a favor Follow this guy on Twitter, at Vic M. Rodriguez. Follow him on Instagram, Victor Sinister Rodriguez. Follow him on Twitch, Soda Pop Catalyst. Follow him on OnlyFans, TigerDriver91. Mookie is available on Twitter as well. He is at Mookie Alexander. He runs SB Nation's Field Goals website. So if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, get over there, commiserate. Victor and I were for Bloody Elbow. Please do me a favor. Get over there. Read our stuff. Subscribe to our Substack. Subscribe to the podcast. It helps more than you know. It keeps us all with a roof over our heads and a place to write. Place to podcast. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. And until next time, please stay safe.